Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. It's the three-day weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Well, Jackson, here we are. It's uh, it's time. It is time, Tim. Nice. It's our time. It's the people's time. Yeah, and we want the people to watch us on YouTube because we uh, we th- we think we look cute. Uh, rate us on a scale of one to ten. Uh, keep in mind, though, Jackson's a Ledoux 1 to 10. I'm a South City 1 to 10. Yeah, so some might say that's a sliding scale. I'll let you decide. Uh, also, you can text in Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. The Colonel, Gabriel P. D. Armand, he of the University of Missouri Journalism School class of 1998, just like me, except he graduated. Presented by James Carlton every Friday here on Balloon Party. He's going to be with us at 10.15 to get his thoughts on the festivities last night in Columbia, Missouri. Jackson, let's start with a couple of things here. Let's do it, Tim. Do you feel better or worse about our wager of taking the over on Missouri six and a half wins after watching last night? My confidence is unchanged. It was high. It's still high. Yeah, you know what I got to tell you? I, can't, I just can't. I, I, I know. And now, if you're not a Missouri fan, you're going, why would people be that upset? Because you probably didn't watch it. Or if you're a Spectrum customer, right. you didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, or you just might have wanted to watch grass grow outside or paint dry, and you might not have watched it. But, but having watched it, if they would have won 72 to nothing, honestly, my opinion would be the same. I think, well, I can tell you this that there are a number of Missouri fans who are concerned, irritated by last night because they feel like they didn't necessarily see any illustration of a change in the offense that wasn't particularly uh, exciting or high risk last year. And if you did go into it thinking there was a quarterback competition, considering that Sam Horn didn't get in until about six minutes left in the second half, and that's in part because South Dakota had like this, what was it, how long was the drive? It was, I mean... Eight minutes, 17 plays, something like that? Yeah, 17 plays, for sure. Uh, Then you go, okay, well, Brady Cook is is the quarterback. Uh, And that's what Gabe DeArmond wrote about this morning on PowerMizzou.com. And on top of that, uh, Harrison Mevis, who really was one of their best sources for points, may be entering into what I would call yip territory. And I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz's postgame was a little... Intriguing, Jackson, who did he remind you of last night? Uh, I texted you this morning that it was giving off big Ali Marmol energy. Big Ali Marmol energy. Let's uh, take a listen. What do we, you, you, the one that you called the meatiest clip? This is the meatiest clip of him talking yep. about quarterback Brady Cook and the quarterback competition, quote-unquote, with uh, Sam Horton. I mean, I- anything that I've ever wanted to know about Brady Cook, he's already told me. He's a great leader. He's been voted captain of the team twice. He shows up every single day and puts the team first. He, he wants the Missouri Tigers to win. And if that means he gets to play quarterback and we win, great. If that means Sam Warren plays quarterback, great. I think we could put anybody out there and play quarterback. At the end of the day, Brady just wants us to win. And if he can help us do that by playing, man, he's going to be excited. And I'm sure there would be some 
personal disappointment if he wasn't. But I guarantee he'd never show it. I guarantee that, man. That guy's got so much character, so much grit, so much determination. He put his butt on the line for everybody in this organization and every fan every single game last year with a torn uh, uh, um, whatever he had in his shoulder. And he never flinched. He never stinking flinched. And we asked him, hey, you want to take it? No. Does Doc say I can play? Doc says you're good. You can't injure it any worse. I'm in. I'm fighting my butt off for this team. So I got no questions about his determination or him putting Mizzou first or putting the team first. That guy's a team first young man, and, and uh, he's got a girlfriend. Otherwise, man, I'd be trying to get him hooked up with my, once my daughter's turn 18 because he's unbelievable. Sounds like you got your quarterback. No, doesn't. Sounds like I love the young man. But I'm not going to let any of y'all decide. I'm not going to let public perception decide. We'll make a decision within these walls. And we'll go with it. But I'll be honest, none of y'all's opinions matter at all. So write them what you want. Say what you want. It don't matter. Nobody cares. In this locker room, nobody cares. They don't. They're, they're, we're going to prove it on the field, so nobody cares. So you can write your opinion if you want to. I'm almost going to go Nick Saban. I'm not going to tell you, so quit asking, but I'm not. So there is that. Uh, Jackson, uh, surprising. Um, good on the journalist for saying, sounds like you found your quarterback. I mean, how could you, after that minute and a half soliloquy about Brady Cook, which featured him wanting to date his daughter, saying, sounds like you have your quarterback, that's the natural follow-up. Good on that person for asking it. Uh, Here is uh, Gabe DeArmond, who will join us in a matter of moments on the program, presented by James Carlton at carltoninsurance.net, asking him about Luther Burden still being out there and uh, also uh, the performances of uh, Luther Burden making some catches under duress. So here's what he had to say. Luther, is he, first of all, is he okay after the game? And what's to say about, I mean, what did you see making contested catches with some of those shots he took? Yeah, I don't, was he injured? I, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. He just took Didn't he score the, shots did he scored the last play of the game, right? That, that, that's fair. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so I don't, seems but, good to me. But what's to say about him that, that he made some of those contested catches? I mean, he's a great player. So players make plays. It's not real complicated, you know. So get the ball to your best players, and they make plays. There's that. When I say big marmole energy, that was the clip. That was the... Isn't that a song? Uh, yeah, but I can't say that. Ah, I see. But you, if, if you know, you know kind of situation. But yeah, that if we're talking about like the marmole energy, little condescension, uh, because I think Gabe's question was... Right, because well, Luther was taking a lot of hits. And he took a big hit, nearly out of bounds, maybe out of bounds on a punt return. And you could sit there and go, why is he returning punts at this point in the game? Yeah, that's a fair, very fair question. Uh, you might want him to return punts. I, hey, I got no problem with that. Oh, yeah. I what the Missouri was able to do in 07 with Jeremy Macklin on special teams. How? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't against South Dakota at that point in the fourth quarter that Macklin was running those kicks back, or that in that case, the punt back. So that was what Gabe's question was. And then 
Gabe, who's been doing this now for a few decades, uh, had it handed to him. Yeah. And the thing about the colonel is he couldn't have cared any less. Yeah. If anything, he might have been internally or externally rolling his eyes. That's <laughs> that's what I that's what I visualize. If I ask him about it, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, Luther took some major hits. I mean, in the first quarter across the middle, he took a hit, and then yeah, that punt return, he got blasted. So it was a very fair question to ask. Like, <laughs> is Luther okay? I mean. And to be and in somewhat of Drink's defense, he looked out. He looked like he was nothing but healthy on that bubble screen to score the last touchdown. Yeah, that was uh, beautiful to see. I think you know uh, the Plowhawk on TMA. He is, I gather, a Brady Cook fan. Seems like he uh, he's a fan. And that's why, hey, God bless. I, his thing is, he goes. He feels like Missouri fans would rather have Sam Horn at quarterback and win five games than Brady Cook at quarterback and win nine games. I don't think that's the case. Respectfully, I think the concern for Missouri fans is they don't believe Missouri can win nine games with Brady Cook a quarterback. Why? Because with Brady Cook a quarterback, to date anyway, you haven't seen the ability to stretch the field and open up the deep passing game. And the hope, I think, for a portion of the Missouri fan base watching that game last night is that we would see it on display because, A, he's coming off of that torn shoulder labrum, uh, also known as thing. <laughs> and there is a, a new offensive coordinator. So uh, that was what I was looking for in game one. I was also anxious to see Sam Horn play, disappointed that we didn't get to see him until the second half, but fine. Uh, I come out of it. As far as the outcome goes, you know, we were both around what it wound up being. I think I said thirty-eight to six. You were somewhere in the range, thirty-five-seven. Yeah. yeah. So, so that the outcome is a, is a whatever, right. unless they lost or right. unless it was a sweat. The Harrison Mevis thing is something that, honestly, it, that, that's yeah, that's that's the, my biggest. I'm just like that's that's yippy. Yeah, that's, that's yippy. Those weren't fifty yarders that he was missing, and, and length of kicks has not been an issue for that guy. Mm-mm. And you wonder if it was the miss against Auburn that then triggered him to not be the guy he was pre-Auburn. I mean, he was money. They would trot him out there against anybody. Anybody. He was automatic. And then that game against Auburn last year, where they had the opportunity several times, but that opportunity ended the he game for like to make it. But didn't he? But the Georgia game was after that, and he performed better. He did. Yeah, he did. So he had I a bounce back. But it, I think that entering in your mind, once you see that a kick that you make oh, 99 out of 100 times, maybe even 100 out of 100 times yeah. with the game on the line, yeah. you see that one miss, oh, yeah. it enters in your mind that that's a possibility. And any time that can come back and bite you. First game of the season, maybe some jitters, but that's a concern. There also was a rush off the left side, the first two yeah. that uh, may have played a role in in it. But yeah, it's it's that's certainly a concern. Uh, but not being able to stretch the field is something that they're going to need to be able to do because inevitably this team's going to be behind at some point, and it could happen next week. Who knows? But it's a good chance you're going to see it here uh, within the next couple of weeks, considering you have Kansas State, a critical game. Ben Fredrickson writing this morning in the Post-Dispatch about the importance of that game, not just for this year, but for the program and Eli Drinkwitz's future is the head coach. And if you can't stretch the field, how do you come back? That's that's one of the... 
the core issues here. So uh, we will get the perspective of Gabe Yarman brought to you by Carlton Insurance, James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or it's a lot easier just to go online at carltoninsurance.net. Gabe is coming up. Plus, we have what has become, I think, the green jacket of sports talk radio in St. Louis, a tradition unlike any other, and that is the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Yeah, done by Piddles himself this week. Yeah, Rocchio last week it was Matt week. Rocchio. Yeah, I'm sure he did a fantastic job, and so I, uh, I'm i glad to be back in my chair doing it again. It, makes, it feels good. Friday, the weekend doesn't feel right unless I'm shooting off six. Three-day weekend uh, here on 101 ESPN and for TMA as well. Back on Tuesday, back here in about three minutes with the Colonel talking about last night's game and looking ahead as well. Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com next and the Little Piddles six-shooter brought to you by Angry Beaver. All coming up on YouTube and 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're talking Tigers football with Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he'll donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. Every Friday during the college football season, it will be our pleasure to welcome to the show the great Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com, presented to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net. And Jackson, it's time to welcome the Colonel for his inaugural appearance here in the 2023-2024 campaign. Morning, Colonel. Hey, is that, is that breaking news that I have like a recorded professional intro? Yeah, we have uh, upped our production. You know, I've, I've been a bit of a gypsy on the AM radio airwaves from low-powered AM station to low-powered AM station. Now I'm in a closet next to a restroom on HD2. But for an hour, they let me have a, a midday show on HD1. And on the HD1 station, they do professional production. So I'm kind of making my way up in the industry after 25 years, Gabe. Yeah, how do you like us now, well, Gabe? Yep. One who has, has done his own incredibly professional call-in show at times. Big fan um, of that one. I'd like to see it come back. God, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold your breath, my man. <laughs> ah, it would have been good entertainment last night because I'm sure the average uh, sports fan's going, okay, Missouri beat some random last night. Why are these Missouri fans angry? But I would gather you would assess, and I'm a big Power Mizzou reader, the majority of the people who post on Power Mizzou and Missouri fans are a little concerned after last night, or maybe even more than a little concerned. And I saw what you wrote last night at 1257. Tonight was not good enough. Play like this 11 more times, you're going to end up 3-9-ish. and nine-ish. So that gives uh, some perspective to someone who may not have watched the game last night as to why a 35-10 to 10 win didn't necessarily feel like a win. Yeah, I think there's two reasons people are unhappy today. One is valid, one really isn't. Um, I, that's a team that, that there were a three and eight FCS team. Uh, that's not a team that, you know, Missouri should have four plays of 15 yards or longer against. They, we went into last night. I, I think everybody understood you probably wouldn't learn a ton. But what you wanted to see was an offense that gave you reason to think that all the changes in another year for all these players had made them significantly better. 
And while there's still a chance that's true, they just didn't show it last night. I mean, I think Brady Cook deserves a lot of credit for the two-minute drive at the end of the first half. But before that drive, I mean, it was 21-3, but they it had just been six yards here, swing pass there, handoff to Cody Schrader here. You know, and it, it just looked very much like the offense last year. I mean, I remember coming out of the, the opener against Louisiana Tech last year and going, I know this sounds dumb when they scored 52 points, but I didn't see an offense that gives me a lot of optimism about playing Power 5 and SEC teams, and then they didn't score 30 against one of those teams all year. I saw the same offense last night. I mean, if you hadn't, if you didn't know that Missouri hired a new offensive coordinator, I don't think you would know based on that game. It just looked – it all looked very safe. And uh, Brady Cook was efficient. I, it, like, I'm not knocking the way Brady played. It just didn't look like an explosive offense. And you want to see – I mean, I remember Gary Pinkle with good teams taking knees to make sure not to score 60 against teams like this. That's what you should be do. That's what good teams do to teams like this. Um, and Missouri didn't do it. Now, the other reason people are mad is the quarterback situation and – Look, I maintain if Brady Cook was a four-star coming out of high school and Sam Horn was a three-star, we wouldn't be having this argument. Um, Fans tend to put credence in the guy they haven't seen play, right? They love the unknown. They want the unknown. Coaches want the exact opposite. Coaches want the guy that they know what they're getting out of. Um, I'm not personally particularly upset that Eli Drinkwitz told us this was a quarterback competition all summer and it appears not to have been, but I know some people are. Uh, Some people are angry that they feel deceived that they thought, you know, this was a neck-and-neck thing that was going to be decided on the field, and and the rotation last night tells me that's not the case. Brady Cook is this team's starting quarterback. It's just a matter of if Eli Drinkwitz ever wants to actually tell us that. I think for Missouri fans, you have the unknown factor with Sam Horn, certainly. But it's the here on the east side of the state, and I would imagine you could cite a Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, uh, not necessarily the current one, but over the years who may hearken this back, that reminds people of Sam Bradford, where it was like, okay, we're not going to throw deep or can't throw deep. We're just going to check down. And therefore, when or you're Alex down, Smith. Who, who would you, who would you, Alex Smith would be your guy? Yeah. Alex Smith, captain check down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what we call Bradford. Uh, which was odd seeing what he did to Missouri when he was at Oklahoma and and the run he had there, but just never got it going here. And I think so Missouri fans are thinking the ceiling of potential is lower with Cook, even though the floor may be lower with Horn and they want to see Horn get the shot. I think that I think that's what it's about. If I'm trying to inject some kind of a thesis into this. I do understand that. And Sam Horn's first throw last night is not going to quiet anybody down because he threw a laser down the middle of the field for 30 yards that not a lot of guys can throw. So I get that, but I always default to Eli Drinkwitz is making $6 million a year. I don't know him super well. I know him well enough, and by that I mean he is a human being that I think he would like to continue to make $6 million a year. To do that, He has to put the guy out there that he thinks is the best quarterback and gives him the best chance to win. So if you want to argue that he doesn't know how to make that assessment, that he is wrong in that assessment, but that's fine. You can argue that, but I think you're arguing that he shouldn't be the head coach here. Um, I think it's pretty clear. He thinks Brady cook is the best quarterback he has. And if, 
you know, I know a lot of people will say, it, well, if that's the case, then, you know, there. I mean, I've seen so much, well, we can't possibly win more than six games. I mean, you were literally two plays away, neither of which had anything to do with Brady Cook from winning eight with him last year. Mm-hmm. So you absolutely can win more than six games with him. Um, you know, now will they? I, I have no idea, obviously. But giving up on the season because – a guy that just went 17 of 21 for 172 yards and had a 15-yard touchdown run is your quarterback is like it's just nonsensical. I uh, I could have seen him win 72 to nothing, and I could see him win 35-10. And my opinion, honestly, isn't going to change all that much based on the result. Having watched the game, I come away with one major concern, and that's about Harrison Mevis. Uh, I don't yeah. know what is going on there. My theory, as somebody who experienced the yips in baseball, otherwise I think I still would be playing for the Cardinals, uh, is uh, that it might be mental. Jackson was theorizing that it was the Auburn game where he missed a a chip shot that he would make uh, that may have begun to enter doubt into his mind. That was strange last night, and I wanted to get your impressions. Yeah, um, it's, I won't say it's a problem, but it's a concern. Um, His first two years here, like, he didn't even watch kicked under 40 yards. They were all going in, like, literally all going in. He didn't miss any. Now you even watch extra points, um, and kicking is so mental. Um, you know, I, I say that like I've done it. I don't know, but it seems like it would be mental. You know, um, once you miss one, you're more likely to miss another one. And he missed two and should have missed an extra point. He was 100 for 100 on extra points. He missed one, and it it got nullified because South Dakota jumped off sides. It didn't affect the play, really, but it gave him another chance. He made it. Um Look, this is a team that's going to be in close games. Yeah. We we know that. We saw it last year. And it's just really hard not to think that, you know, I mean, they're going to have a game or two come down to a kick, and you just don't feel as good about that as you used to. Yeah, and that's something that uh, that I just didn't anticipate uh, with that guy, considering just how good he was. I mean, he was a strength, and now uh, it, it, it absolutely is, as you said. It's a concern. Luther Burden last night. I uh, heard your exchange with uh, Eli Drinkwitz following the game, and I, I gather where you were going was it looked like he was banged up on that punt return, uh, and then he followed up uh, by saying, well, he looked pretty good on that that touchdown, he did have some big-time plays. I saw what you wrote. Those were NFL receiver-caliber plays at times he was making. Uh, your thoughts on what we saw from Burden? Yeah, I, I thought last year, the comparison I made on our show last night, and, and I don't know how many people that are listening watch the Chiefs, but Luther was McCole Hardman. He was a jet sweep, throw the ball to him behind the line of scrimmage. He's really fast and really quick. Let's see how many guys he can make miss and, and almost kind of do things on his his own or through through really nice blocking. Last night was the first time I really remember him seeing, and he did it multiple times, go downfield, get open, make a contested catch, take a hit. Those are the yeah. types of – that's the difference between being a uh, an athlete and a wide receiver. You know, and, and Luther was a wide receiver last night. And, and on the, the – you know, I didn't necessarily think Luther was hurt, but he got his helmet knocked off, and he got just – Destroyed a couple times. So yeah. my question was just, is, is Luther okay? You know, I mean, he took some some shots. How's he feeling after this game? And to be fair, I had forgotten that he was the guy that scored the last touchdown and he came back in. So 
obviously he was okay. And, and, and look, I've been doing this long enough. If a coach is irritated and wants to make me the target of a little snark, that's fine. We're good. I, <laughs> no offense, you know. Um, but I, I, I just thought he looked like he got knocked into next week a couple times. Is he all right? And apparently he is. Uh, Gabe DeArmond, you can read him throughout the course of the season. The coverage is outstanding at PowerMizzou.com. I am a regular reader. He has a wonderful team working with him. Uh, And he will be with us on Mondays on TMA and on Fridays here on Balloon Party, all presented to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. CarltonInsurance.net is where you can go work with my insurance agent. That's James Carlton. Colonel, appreciate the time. Enjoy the three-day weekend, and we will talk with you uh, next week. Thank you, guys. Sounds good. Take it easy. There he is, Gabe DeArmond with us here. Brought to you by Carlton Insurance. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency at carltoninsurance.net. Your thoughts on what the colonel had to say? You can talk it over in the YouTube chat. Many are doing so uh, right now. Uh, 101 ESPN channel on YouTube. And, of course, text in the Air Comfort Service text line. Join 101 ESPN and Bud Light for Blues and Brews on Friday evening, September 22nd at the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Get fired up for the blues season as the outdoor street party feed featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox, plus appearances by blues players and alumni food trucks, blues merch, 101 ESPN giveaways, and more. Tickets are on sale now. Visit 101ESPN.com for additional event details and to purchase your tickets for blues and brews on September 22nd. We will come back with the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter presented to you by the Angry Beaver. It's coming your way next here on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A Friday tradition unlike any other. Let's spin the chamber for the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter presented by the Angry Beaver a couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium. Mention Piddles for $5 off any pizza. The people have no idea no idea how close we were to this turning into the Piddles party. Like, really close. I was. Re- I saw you look out there with a panic, I, and I go, "Oh, we were. Oh, I guess. We, I guess I. I got. I was. I was talking with a salesperson, yeah. and uh, and I, I got up and I thought I probably still have a couple minutes to spare, and then I came around the corner and I saw that look, and I thought, "Ooh, I guess I don't." Today would have been like if there's any day. Oh, you got takes. Well, I mean, I could, I could like fill time. Well, Phil. No, I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same. I I think your groan's up. I think your groan's up. And I think your groan's up. Uh, So Marsha just texted me that he was excited for it. But uh, I was really leaning into that SportsCenter update. I was like, the Cardinals play at 7.15 p.m. Nice, yeah. On the off chance that people were going to get down there early, yeah. For a sunrise start. Back to the future kind of situation. No. Uh, Yeah, I just would have started talking. You've been like, here's my take on the Missouri football team. I would have said uh, three things I liked. I've heard what Tim and Gabe have to say, but here is my perspective. Three things I liked, three things I didn't like. You never go wrong with lists. Yeah, right. And I'd lay it out as such. Yeah. Roman numerals. 
Never heard anybody. No, never did. Never did. Uh, well, might as well use Roman numerals for the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter presented by the Angry Beaver. Mention Piddles and get $5 off of uh, what? Uh, any pizza. Pizza. Any Beaver? pizza. Hey, you know how Gabe talked about how he likes that that production that we do over here on 101 ESPN? Mm-hmm. Well, taste this. Question one. Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Yeah, yeah. You know it's gaining traction when there's production. Damn straight. All right, here we go. So Spectrum went down like a sack of potatoes last night while they are currently... Sack of potatoes, sack of potatoes. Fun to say. Fun consonants. It is. Sack of potatoes. A lot of of consonants there. It's... Pretty strong. We're going to rename this Fun with Syntax. Yeah, it is. It's so fun. fun. I'm so fun, I'm going to say it again. So Spectrum went down like a sack of potatoes last night while they are currently in negotiations with Disney for their family of channels, ESPN, ABC, SEC Network, etc. I experienced the last night, and seconds before the Tigers started their first drive... It just dropped. And then you got the little message? It got the little message. Were you banty as a rooster, angry as a harnet? It was actually, it was, the rage was so real that like, that like, I was like, I was, I don't know what to do. Like I was in total shock because once you're out on Spectrum, like your ESPN app is linked up through Spectrum. That's correct. That's no good. On your phone, no good. So I was, there was nothing I could do. I was, I was like a, a young child when their parents leave them. I had no, I had nothing to do. I didn't know what to do. Uh, luckily, that angers me for you, actually. I know. I was. I was. My father was because texting this me. This whole situation is just so ridiculous. Absolutely. You know that you got to watch. I have Spectrum, so I can watch Bally's, and I realize their sites and so on. I'm aware of that. My God, you know. I mean, I've got subscriptions to browsers. You know, listen, I'm, <laughs> you've I'm been, diversified. You've been to the internet, right? So you know, three one four three nine 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 six four six. Thanks, uh, but. I got I to gotta get Spectrum so I can watch Bally's, Bailey's uh, with the Cardinals and Blues. And then I've got to get Apple so I can watch City. And then I've got to get YouTube TV so I can have an interface that's up with 2023 and apparently now so I can watch college football. Because if I wanted to watch Florida and Utah, that was ESPN as well. So this is absolutely ridiculous for the customers. Uh, I would imagine if you are a regular listener of Balloon Party, you might say that I spend a lot of time on this, on this sports television thing. I do it in part because I know that it affects everybody in the audience. Like, if you're not wanting to watch sports on television, why in the world are you listening to this outside of the fact that my voice is unbelievable? Yeah, that that's a big factor. Yeah, and that if you're a young lady, I understand why you're watching on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're a sports fan and you're going, I I don't know where to watch these games. And and I switch so I can keep up with the ones that are in an agreement and then they will fall out of agreement. And now I got to switch to another one. It's exhausting. Furthermore, it's impacting the Cardinals payroll. I really believe that it literally played a role within the last month in a destruction of a football conference. It ended the Pac-12. It ended the Pac-12. It is the reason why the State University of California, which borders the Pacific Ocean, is now a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference as of 7.30 this morning. 
So it matters. It's relevant. And it hit home for a lot of people last night. And I know not everybody's a Missouri fan, but plenty of people on a Thursday night. Cardinals aren't playing. Cardinals are irrelevant anyway. Blues aren't playing. City's not playing. Oh, I got college football. I can watch Florida. I watched the Netflix special. That was still working. So I'm familiar with the Gators. They're playing Utah. Let's see what's doing. No, you couldn't watch that one either. Nope. And it's not like it's fixed this morning. It's still lingering. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. And it's, a, you know, it's the first weekend of college football. You've got Thursday night football next week. Um, and uh, and then Monday night football, uh, which is ESPN. Thursday night football, I guess, is Amazon. I don't yeah, know where the hell it that's is. That's Amazon. Either way, point being, it's going to impact people if this isn't remedied. And it was a national story. This wasn't local. Oh, yeah. It was a national story. Locally, for Missouri fans, it tilted them. But it's a national story. It is an absolute disaster. Yeah. It is a disaster because it affects everybody in the audience who wants to watch sports. And now it's starting to affect your team's. And it literally just took down a football conference. Yeah. So my question behind it is, do you think it was purposeful to do it at 7 p.m. Central last night on the part of Disney to pull that from Spectrum? And yes. Well, question. Right. Because now. Well, question. And by the way, I tip my cap. Oh, yeah. I think it's very I got true. No, I got no problem. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, if you're at war. We just leave the wives and kids out of it, but the rest of us are fair game. Right. The and, true sons, they don't leave out of it. Uh, hey, true sons, shrapnel. That's just the way that it goes. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're doing the gator chomp, you were shrapnel, although you probably didn't really miss much. Right. So, yeah, it's that, that's how you get the attention for the negotiation is that's when you do it. Right. You and, do it during Stephen A. Smith yelling about who the best AFC East quarterback is in mid-August at 10 in the morning. Nobody cares. Right. And you I, know, that's when you do it. First college football game. Oh, yeah. And I think this is a real, like, keystone moment and a microcosm, and I have this question here, microcosm of the time we are in the purgatory between cable and the future of streaming, the current time of cable and the future of streaming. Because the more people are cutting the cords, more that Spectrum's got to pony up to ESPN, Disney, to pay. Because those bundles, we've talked about that before, the bundles, the people who are paying for ESPN without necessarily knowing they're paying for ESPN, are dwindling by the day because people are cutting to go to YouTube TV, where you could watch ESPN last night. So, having said that, I don't know what's going to happen because more people aren't signing up for Spectrum now People are going to be dropping from Spectrum, meaning they're going to have to pay more to Disney. I don't know if this is ever going to get resolved this football season. And if it isn't, Spectrum is going to be really tough shape. And if you're a Cardinal fan and like watching the Cardinals on Bally's or a Blues fan who likes watching the Blues on Bally's and you have Spectrum for that reason, well, now you can't watch ESPN. And they have basically almost all of the college football games, especially if you're a Missouri fan. SEC Network is an ESPN affiliate. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know it'd be a tough day to be in the Spectrum call center. Real tough day. I I, I see your dandruff. I've I've never seen your Irish up like this. I like it. Boy, this piddles right now. I wouldn't want to be Jamie Rivers walking in here right now. I think you'd take him down. Damn straight. It's just... Because you just, you, you, you went to number two, but there was no question. It was essentially a statement. Right. And this is why I think if uh, you were still in You would have been going? Uh, I could've, yeah, that could have been good. I could have gotten real. Because there's nothing that does better for talk radio than anger. <laughs> and if it's, if it's real, which of course is, you know, one out of a hundred, but if it's real, ooh, wow. Right. And I, it's less like I'm not mad at some individual entity. I'm not mad at Disney. I'm really not mad at Spectrum because they are a business. They have shareholders. They have to go up to these meetings and say, how are we going to make more money going forward? It's just the the whole industry is in general and sports media in general, like 
people are switching and ESP or Disney still wants their money. Spectrum still wants their money, but the, the losers in the situation are the consumers. And if we're trying, like we're trying to capitalize on college football growth with the CFP and conference realignment, like now is the time. And if you're going to take a spectrum, which is, I, I don't know for sure, probably one or two in terms of TV providers, and you can't watch ESPN, this is a major, major moment. It is, but I would imagine you don't necessarily have a solution. I don't either, for the record, so this isn't like me going on some moral high ground. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, that, that's the, the, I mean, anytime you have a spot in any business where your margins are obviously declining, but the reason they're declining is because your top line, your revenue, also has a precipitous decline, and that's what you have here, and it's all a byproduct of cord cutting, and then therefore the rights fees, uh, which now go up, so that includes your expenses. So while the revenue declines, you have the recipe for an absolute disaster. The consumer made the logical move to cord cut. Yeah. I realize older people may not have done it. You've never even had a cord, right? Nope. Right. So it's it's not a problem that is easily solvable, which then leads me to believe that you're going to wind up having a couple of companies left standing in this game, and then they will be the ones distributing it for some kind of subscription fee, and they'll be distributing the networks. That's what I think, and the networks will make their money off the advertising revenue, but the advertising revenue might not be the same because they won't have as many viewers, and therefore the numbers aren't as high, so you can't charge as much. I don't know if I'm making sense. In my mind, it makes sense because I've done this stuff. And that's how I've made my living, but I realize to the average person, they just want to watch the game and they don't really want to hear the logic behind it. And I understand that. And I, I truly do sympathize with it. I, that's why I pay, I pay for Spectrum. I pay for YouTube TV. Yeah. Like and you look like the smart guy last night. I'm a mark when I see my, my television bill. Sure. But, but for doing for what I do for a living, I got to do it. Yeah. It's just, it's... I say it's ridiculous, but then again, it's not like I'm sitting here going, why don't they do this? There isn't an easy solution, you know? So I understand it, and I understand your rage, and a lot of people shared your rage. Uh, Let's see. It is 1046, Clarkson Jewelers time check. We will come back with the back half of the Little Piddles Six Shooter, presented by Angry Beaver, here on YouTube and on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Final segment of Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. And then it's BK and Ferrario. And the whole station is off on Monday for Labor Day. We'll be back on Tuesday. And uh, I would uh, I would tell you this. We'll be bringing the heat. Damn right. Yeah, thank you so much. Jackson, I gave you a play walking down the hallway. I was going to share it with Mike Ryder, so I probably cost him some money. And the play hit. Boy, did it ever, Tim. It's a sneaker play, you know... Is it going to excite people? No, especially since it's over. But the play I was talking about two days ago, the UConn Huskies plus 15 against North Carolina State. And you are now uh, even richer than you were before. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm really excited about that, and I really appreciate you giving me that play because I like starting the college football season off with a W. Yeah. That's huge to now me. Now you got some dry powder to play with. And I'm mad at myself. Why Drew Verhagen? That's right. Uh, I'm mad at myself because I recognized something going on right before kickoff, 7 p.m. kickoff last night. Uh, after Utah's quarterback had been announced out earlier yesterday morning, a lot of action came in, a lot of volume came in on the Gators. But the money stayed on the Utes. It didn't really move until about 30 minutes before kickoff, and a lot of money moved in on the Utes. And I didn't I saw the capitalize. Got up to five. I didn't. And that had been at like 
two and a half, three, and it got up to five. It was like four in the afternoon yesterday and then moved up to like five and a half. I saw six at some places. Yeah. A lot of late money came in on the Utes, and I didn't capitalize on I am in the process it. of enjoying Billy Walter's book, yep. titled Gambler, major recommendation for our audience. And he talked about how he would move lines and move money, which I, I mean, I, I say I was aware of. I knew that that was part of the game. And, uh, and so, um, I saw that, I saw that line move that much and I go, somebody, somebody is on something here yeah. and it's on Utah, clearly. On Utah. Uh, yes, but UConn took care of business. Missouri did not cover by a point, no, at least the, as the kickoff number. It was the horn interception, which was a fluky interception. I mean, it hit Makai oh, Miller. Was missing hands. two field goals. Too. That I mean, didn't that, help. That covers. Well, I mean, he makes, makes one, they cover, right? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they, they yeah. won by 25. The number 25. was 26. Yep. Uh, all right, Jackson, what else do we have on this Little Pills Angry Beaver six-shooter? Question two. I like that a lot. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's a, it's a welcoming to 101 ESPN is what it is. Yep. In our daily cut sheet we get every morning, there was a clip of John Calipari. Pause for Vitaly noises. John Calipari. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, discussing almost drafting Kobe Bryant when Calipari was the head coach for the New Jersey Nets. That certainly would have changed the landscape of sports over the last 20 years. This opens up a conversation about one of our favorite topics, sliding doors moments. I love sliding doors moments. For the record, sliding doors, the 1998 film with the delightful Gwyneth Paltrow in which she misses, uh, I call it a subway, but it was the train the tube. in London called the Tube. Uh, and as a South City kid, you, you can imagine, I've never had the chance to go to Europe. I'm just excited when I get to go to Kansas City or the lake. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she misses the, the sliding door on the tube. And so she is not, spoiler alert, she is not able to get back to her flat yeah. in time to find a gentleman lover in bed with another lady. <laughs> And uh, then they also show what happens when she does get through the sliding doors and she is able to get home in time to find her gentleman lover in bed with another lady and how the two stories change just because of the sliding doors. Get on the, the tube, different life. Don't get on different life. Fun. That is the background for sliding doors. I feel like I got to explain it to people. How many people have seen sliding doors? One uh, percent. Right. There's no better by- byproduct of us being on YouTube than the listeners getting to see the face you make when you do the Jiminy Glick voice. <laughs> what percentage of the people know what Jiminy Glick is? Uh, if you're on YouTube, type in Jiminy Glick and you'll entertain yourself for the next few hours. Yeah. I'd recommend the Jerry Seinfeld and Julia Louis-Dreyfus interviews Julie to start. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. Yeah. Viv Vance! <laughs> what do we have, Jackson? What's your question? You're asking about Kobe and John Calipari. No, I'm asking about sliding doors. Where are some major local sliding doors moments here in STL sports that have completely changed the landscape over the last 20 years. What about some across sports in general? Uh, I'm going to ask you for your opinion, not because I care, but to buy time. Sure. One that shaped the last 20 years, didn't happen the last 20 years, was the entire situation with the lease on the Edward Jones Dome. What could have happened if something would have gone differently? What happens if Shad Khan buys the team as opposed to Stan Kroenke? My number one, and I could be missing something, my number one is Shad Khan. Yeah. Uh, and that was a that was a real rough day. You got to kind of be deep into the weeds to remember the day the Post Dispatch broke the story, if memory serves, uh, that Shad Khan was buying the Rams. Mm-hmm. And the talk radio in St. Louis that day, wow, in a town that has a, 
the undercurrents of latent racism uh, playing a role, in my opinion, in its regression and has been, from my standpoint, prominent. It was, but but like I said, oftentimes it's latent or the code words. You know what the words are. Yep. Uh, and uh, on that day, it was it was all out. And I wonder how many of those people wish now that Shad Khan would have bought the Rams from Stan Kroenke, uh, or as opposed to Stan Kroenke. I digress. Shad Khan would be my Roman numeral number one. Number two, I think, is. Uh if Albert Pujols signs the contract that the Cardinals offer, yeah, them. I don't. I, I I agree. Though the Cardinals haven't won a World Series since then, they did win a pennant. I, I, his legacy would have been. I mean, he wouldn't have played baseball last year. That's for sure. He would not have hit 700 home runs. Nope. I don't think he was ever really close to it. You know, I think he was Angels. All I don't think he was right. like God. Should I sign for whatever it was, 40 right. million dollars less? Right. Um, I don't know how close this one is either. It's more recent. Jeremy Rutherford wrote about it when he was talking about Colton Pareko, a recent uh, piece he did yesterday, I believe, on Pareko and his development. The Petrangelo decision, if it even was a decision, mm-hmm. I think the last couple of years are different now. Certainly, you can pay for that in, in future years. Um, God, I don't know if the Rams were ever close to not drafting Sam Bradford. I feel like that that was a huge moment. The issue is there wasn't really another choice. Right. It was at the time I can tell you that it was I was pushing for Indomitian Sue. Yeah. But it's not like I think if they would have drafted Indomitian Sue, then they would have gone no. crazy. It's just they they put all their eggs in the Bradford basket. Second Sam Bradford reference on the show today. Who would have thought? Um, what else? I get that really sick defensive line if they would have got Dominican Sue. If Missouri would have gotten Bill Self instead of Quinn Snyder, I yeah, mean, it goes back to pre two thousand, but uh, it's relatively close. Correct me if I'm incorrect, but somewhere in the 2011 World or the playoffs, and I think it was the NLCS, there was a rain, a game that got rained oh, out. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Which led, was that the NLCS that, or NLDS that led to? Chris Carpenter being able to pitch Game 5. That's correct. I mean, if that doesn't happen, he can't pitch Game 5 against Roy Halladay. No, you're talking about Game 7. Of the World Series? Of the World Series. Got it, okay. And there is still a contention that if you weren't in Dallas or weren't aware of it in Dallas, you would have no idea that this is going on. They're still pissed about that in Dallas. Yeah. Just like in Tampa, they're still pissed about what is known as the Bert Emanuel rule. If you're a Rams fan, you talk about that game for Ricky Prohl's catch. If you're a Buccaneers fan, you talk about it for the Burnham Annual uh, rule that came from it. Uh, let's see, 1058. Do we have time for more? I don't, you tell me. I got one quick you're thing. Capitan. One quick thing. Andrew Marsh just texted me, and it's a good one. Cardinals trading Jim Edmonds to San Diego for David Freeze. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a big one. I mean... You know, I mean, Edmonds was wanting to to move on, and I think the Cardinals were just happy to get anything. Yeah, and then you get a guy who became an absolute legend. I was thinking about that that freeze at bat against Neftali Feliz. Yeah, he fouled one off. Oh, he's just battling, yeah. just bad. I mean, it was a real specific sliding doors moment because Freeze said this on the podcast that will, for whatever reason, never see the light of day with me, him, and Maroon. Uh, he should have walked on four pitches, and the at bat he hit the home run. Right. For whatever reason, well, because the umpire blew it, it was called a strike. Yeah. And then it was 3 1. Yeah. Now, I mean, imagine how his life changes. Crazy. Sliding doors, baby. Sliding doors, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Hockman texted me a sliding doors. What do we got here? One of my favorite sliding doors moments 1989 Major League Baseball draft with a six pick. The Cardinals selected Paul Coleman with a seven pick. The White Sox selected Frank Thomas. Ah, rats. 
It's not the way we wanted to go into the weekend. No. Well, the only thing I can say is Jackson will be on Tinder, and that should lift your spirit. So you'll be on there right at 11 o'clock, and you just go on there for the three-day weekend? You're never off. It's kind of like an oxygen mask, you know? Amen. So that can lift your spirits after that news. Uh, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mung and S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.